Radio. On Radio. More of the good stuff. Cliffcentral.com. Good morning. It's Wednesday, a very rainy, rainy, rainy Wednesday in Gauteng. I don't know how you're doing in the rest of the country. I'm Sharon Dale. I'm your host this morning for Animal Central. Jono is not here today. He's on a well, well-deserved break. That poor guy was in the studio every single day over the entire Christmas season, the festive season. So he's on a break today. Um, hope you enjoyed the show. Please excuse me. I don't have Jono to bounce things off today. I do have Duncan here though, but he doesn't say he's a man of few words. Today, We've got a legend in animal behavior, uh, animal behavior in the studio. We've got Carol O'Leary. She has got more than 50 years of um, experience in animal behavior, and that includes uh, dogs, cats, um, equine, so horses, and even birds. So Carol was actually behaviorist before it became a profession, and she was one of the founders of the Animal Behavior Consultants of Southern Africa. So we want to speak to Carol today to find out what you do with behavior problems and how you can prevent them uh, happening in the first place. So Carol is with me today. We're also going to talk about other happenings in, in the industry, what's going on out there. I hope you've all picked up a copy of my Canine Zone magazine. It's on sale now countrywide. Carol, welcome. Thank you for coming to the studio today. Good morning to you, Sharon. Thank you so much for asking me. It's only a pleasure, Carol. I was just saying that you have been in this industry for over 50 years. I mean, that's that's incredible. Yes, that's well, incredible. long before this was a known thing, Yes, it all started by accident about 50 years ago. I was running a boarding kennel at the time, and these animals were coming in, and there were problems and this sort of thing, and the owners were saying, please help. So I actually took the dogs or the cats or whatever it was in, and I tried to address the problem and sort it out. Then I realized that this wasn't much good at all. Mm. Because unless the owners sorted it out, yes, it wasn't going to work. It's not going to work. So that's how long ago it was, and that's possibly how it started, purely by coincidence. Although, of course, I've been in the animal world for many years. And always an animal lover. I mean, always as a child, did world. you always have this connection with animals? Like everybody else, you grow mm. up, you want to be a vet and do yes. these sort of things. Yes, always just part of my life. And that's what I was saying. I mean, I mentioned my magazine, Canine Zone. We've always tried to give people good advice because it's very, very important. And as a lot of behaviorists say, it's, it's the owner. It's up to the owner. An animal doesn't train itself. Um, and I, said, I think you said earlier on out of the studio that it's up to you. Well, you know, this, this is the whole thing. The public needs information. Your magazine is wonderful. But today the public expects to be spoon-fed, mm. right? Yes. If you buy a car, you go and research. This make a car, I want this, I want that. You go and buy an animal or you pick out an animal on a purely emotional basis. You know nothing about the breed, the type, this, that, and the other, which is a disadvantage to start with. Now, if you'd actually sat down, you got some books out, you gone to the library, uh, you'd spoken to people in the game, that sort of thing, you would have made correct decisions before you start. Yes, and that's where very it falls important. Apart. Very important. I mean, I see people who are very laid back, very chilled, maybe older people adopting burbles. Now, they're not going to handle that. Well, of course you're not. <laughs> and mind you, on the other hand, some people say if you're mentally strong, you, you could. It doesn't matter what size you are, how old you are. But by and large, a breed like a burble does need exercise, does need socialization and training. And if you're a couch potato, you're not going to do that. Well, this is the whole thing. You've got to marry the animal, be it a dog, a cat, or whatever species, with the environment, and the environment includes the family, the members of the family, and so on. So you've got to say, are there children involved? Yes. Are there pensioners? Uh, do they live in a flat? Do they live in high-density living like townhouses? Whereas you find if you get something noisy like a Jack Russell in a townhouse, it's a very bad idea. That's mm, a farm dog. Mm, yes. So you've actually got to look at the situation and what is needed, the family members, a whole complete circle before you make the decision. Before you make that decision. You cannot go and look and emotionally say, oh, that's a pretty face. I think I'll take that mm, one home. Mm -hmm. Wrong, wrong, wrong. 
No, absolutely. And we were talking in a show last a couple of weeks back with Paula is that it is very much the thing these days to promote adoption, to go out to the shelters and promote. And, and I'm all for that. That's part of what my magazine promotes. But on the other hand, again, research, because a lot of the shelter managers don't test those dogs. They don't know where they've come from. So you end up, as you say, pretty face. Oh, we'll take that. That's cute. Come back home. Doesn't work out. And then these dogs are having to go back to shelters, re-adoption. You've got to do your homework and you've got to maybe take a behaviorist with you to a shelter. Well, you see, the thing is you, you've hit the nail on the head. This attitude, if it doesn't fit in, we recycle it. We send yes, it back. We take yes. another one. We take another one. Mm. They don't think of what that specific animal is going through, all this trauma, 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 yes. all the time. And this, again, is unfortunately a lot of these shelters have the do-good feeling. Oh, I rehomed something today. I mm. feel very good in myself. That is not the way you look at it. If you are rehoming or if you are in a shelter and you are placing You've got to make sure, not only is the environment right, but the people who are going to take it are educated, they can financially afford it, and so on yes. and so forth. Putting out animals from shelters, from rehomes like that, as long as the person who is doing it, who is behind it, is not an emotional thing, I go home, I feel good. Oh, I rehome five animals today. Mm. That is the wrong sort of person, utterly and entirely, to be in that it's position. It's got to be the right homes and forever homes. And the person who's in that position advising the general public should be well-educated in the animal world. It should yes. no longer be emotional. Right, right. I mean, I know in the States, certainly, most of the shelters do have access to a behaviorist. So when, when the dogs come in, they are tested. Um, they, they are, everything is documented. So if you come in to adopt, you can have a look and see this guy doesn't like this, does do this, is very active. I think in this country, we don't have that at this point. So maybe it's a good idea to get a behaviorist to come with you if you're going to go to have a look with you to see what fits your family, your lifestyle, as you say. And, and you need to know how much you're going to put into this dog mm. to make it a true forever home, not just for now. What you're trying to say is that if you take a behaviorist with you or a knowledgeable person. A knowledgeable person, person, sure. That what you're actually doing is when everything else is considered the family, the set and the other environment. Now we've got to marry yes. the personality of whatever that animal is, be it cat, dog, and make sure that that personality is suitable. Because you can take a moggy cat mm. or you could take a fancy cat. Yes. Their personalities are totally different. Right, right. So that marrying of the personality of the animal, let alone the breed characteristics and so on, that marrying is very, very important. Now, Carol, is is that relatively easy? I mean, if you're running a shelter, would you pick up pretty quickly that this dog is very active, this dog is very balanced, this dog is very fearful? How, how do you find out it doesn't like cats if it's in a shelter <laughs> situation? Is it something that that you can pick up pretty quickly, or would you need to spend time with that animal, take it out of the, the, the enclosure? Certainly take it for a walk to see, you know, what kind of nature. Or is that not something that the general public have the knowledge to do? Sharon, I think here you're walking down this very, very rocky road. Mm. In order to be able to assess an animal, yes, the obvious is in your face, he barks at the fence or all five claws come out at you or whatever it is. That is obvious, but the nuances of actually feeling the character of an animal come with years of experience and an ability for hands-on. Right. It is probably a gift that is given. If it's not there, it will never be there. And unfortunately, these people who are emotionally involved, oh, yes, we love it, are not realistic. They're not mm. seeing the picture. Therefore, they can't help the public. Yes, and it is very, it's a very emotional thing. Mm. It's a very, very emotional thing. But when you're going to adopt or buy a, a, a 
puppy or a kitten. This is what people don't get. It's a lifelong commitment. Not just while the puppy or the kitten is cute and cuddly, but you've got to make sure you can afford it. You can give it that that training that it needs puppy socialization in the case of, of dogs. Food, veterinary costs are, are very high at the moment. Can you afford it mm. and then make that decision to, to choose the right dog for your family or the right cat for your family? Well, it's like everything in life. If you are buying something on an emotional basis, mm. nine times out of ten, you'll go, you'll walk through the mall, you'll see a dress that you love, right? Emotionally, you'll buy it, you'll get it home and you'll look at it and say, Oh, heavens. Oh, yes. I've yeah, done that many yeah, times. Yeah, right? <laughs> so, what we're saying is, if you want the best for everything, your emotions don't come into play. Your logic should mm-hmm. come into play first. Yes. I'm talking about everything. Now, when it gets to animals, that becomes even a stronger priority. Yes, it should be. It is. The clearness of mind, knowing what you want, a very logical decision. Then, if everything were equal, yes, perhaps finally 1%, you could emotionally say, well, that one has a prettier face than the other. But yes, that is a yes. lost, so it lost, be lost based on looks and cuteness. Absolutely. No, it should be based on, on temperament. Uh, definitely, because uh, as I was saying earlier, there's so many of these poor dogs that go into a home. They're there for a couple of days and then it's, oh, no, it chased my cat. Mm. Well, surely that was something that should have been checked for before it was rehomed. Absolutely. You know, whether it's enjoys cats or mm. not. And, and again, breed, choose the breed that's right for you. If, mm. if you're a stay at home, watch TV, want to cuddle kind of person, choose a little pug or something like that. Mm. If you're an active guy who wants to go jogging with your dog, get one of the gun dogs. Or, or if you want to get involved in sports, there's so many Sports available that you can do with your dog. There's another aspect that comes into this with rescue. There are animals of all ages. Mm. Everybody wants a cutie cutie puppy. Yes, a puppy. But now, if I'm retired and I'm 70, perhaps a nice middle aged dog yes. would be far, far better. Also, we must remember with young families and young children, you put young animals in. And it's all too much. It will all go out of control. Right. So often with a young, volatile child, it's probably better to have an older, more stable, wiser dog. But then it's got to be very well evaluated because there may be deep problems somewhere or the other. You might get it in winter, for example. And up here in the high field, what do you find? First thunderstorm in summer? Mm. And we find that that dog's in terrible distress. Yes. And this is why he was put in a shelter. People didn't want him anymore because he became a problem, because he was brontophobic. So now the shelter don't even know it. They now farm the dog out. And what would have been a wonderful situation has now turned into a total disaster. Yes, but I, I suppose, Carol, in that way, a lot of behavior traits would only come out once that dog or cat is in your home in a stable environment because I would imagine that they behave very differently in a shelter with there's activity and other dogs and, and all that kind of thing. So I suppose there's some things that would be difficult to pick up until it's at home with you. Well, what we find with animals is, yes, particularly remember they've been taken out of an ordinary environment and they're now put in a shelter environment. So there is change. So we're not necessarily on the surface seeing the true characteristics, mm, right? Mm, right? They're masked by the change. You now go and put this animal in a new home. I always say there's a honeymoon period, and the honeymoon period is about four to six weeks because the animal is responding to the environment. His mind is full of all sorts of things. He's learning about the environment and everything else, and only when that's clearly in his head do you actually see the personality yes, start to creep coming through. out. Yes. So you really don't know until you've been through the honeymoon period. Right. But right. a good behaviour or a good shelter which actually knew and understood animals well. Yes, there are ways you can pick these things up. Okay. But that takes knowledge it and takes experience. Knowledge. Mm. Well, I mean, on that, Carol, I am not going to give away my age today, but you, uh, growing well, don't up, give you away didn't, my oh, we won't. <laughs> um, growing up, you didn't hear things. You didn't hear about behaviorists. 
No. Yeah, they existed. I mean, I remember as, as a little kid watching uh, Barbara Woodhouse and going, oh, there she is with her walkies. Mm-hmm. It was very, you know, everybody watched the show. But it wasn't something that you would generally go out and get a behaviorist to come in. Now, recently, lots of books, people like Caesar Milan, who's made it very, very um, popular, they all advise, see a behaviorist, consult with a behaviorist. So it's become a big thing. Has this made a positive difference? And, and is it something that if you're going to own a dog or get a puppy or even a cat, should you consult like you do with a child? You go and see your pediatrician. Do you consult with a behaviorist? I think we, what we've got to look at here is how the world has changed. Long ago, children were brought up with animals in proximity to them, uh, the farmers down the road, they saw bunnies, they saw cows, mm. but we now live a very urban life. The animal has actually become a very secondary thing. It's not part of our everyday life. Therefore, we don't understand it. We rather learn about a new computer program, but we don't understand the basics because we haven't been exposed to them. In the same way, you're saying perhaps... You know, the behaviourist is the new fad, the new fashion. But then that length of time ago, remember, children were not taken to the psychologist either, were they? Sure, that's so the true. whole of the way we Things live have changed. has changed. Yes. And because we live the way we do today, and a lot of it is high-density living, we now become so surrounded with so much information this that and the other we sometimes don't even know how to select the information that is appropriate to our pro our our problem so off we go to a specialist so Yes. yes probably in the era that we live in today probably the assistance of a behaviorist is a very very good thing because Man has just lost that lost touch with nature. Mm, lost mm. touch. Yes, absolutely. I mean, there's loads and loads of puppy classes, socialization classes for your puppy. I don't think they do that for cats. Um, but yeah, I mean, absolutely. So it's something that you should also factor in as a cost when you're going to get a, a new pet. Mm. Is factor in that that it's a good idea to. Go and get your puppy into socialization, training classes, because it's going to be a more balanced, well-rounded, happier dog for it. I have a little saying about this. It's mm. a computer saying. What you put in is what you get out. Yes. The same applies with animals. Garbage in, garbage sure. out. Good inputs, what do we have? Yes. We have a good result. Yes. No, ab- absolutely. And I think, you know, the cases that you, that you find of dogs being handed in because of behavior problems. I work closely with, with, um, two behaviorists, uh, Paula Geordie and, and Julie Besaidnot. And not a day goes by that they don't get called out to solve a problem. Now that, pro- that comes from a, a dog that has grown up in the house. So something went wrong. Correct. Somewhere along the mm. line, something went wrong. This is not an adopted dog with maybe previous issues. This is behavior caused, am I right in saying, by the owners? Absolutely, because the humans have actually completely and utterly lost the need to investigate into animals and what they are. This, that, and that. Yes. They don't need it in their daily life, so they don't do it, yes. right? And this is why you've got this vacuum Sitting there. Well, hopefully it's, it's changing. I, I see on my Facebook page, Canine Zone, so many people are getting more involved and they're starting to realize that, hey, you know, this is not just a creature we can throw in our back garden. We've got to do more. I think, as I was saying, Caesar Milan probably helped a couple of other people. We even, um, uh, Chris Brown, the Bondi vet, we did an interview with him for the next issue. And, and he also was saying that since the, the start of his show, more people are actually sitting up and going, this is not, I need to have a commitment here. I need to take care of this animal, whether it's a dog, cat, budgerigar, horse, whatever the case may be. We're certainly getting through to a lot more people, mm. but it actually is not a enough. very small percentage. No, not enough. And those people who are really keen will go the whole route. They'll get a behaviourist in. They'll make sure they've got the right animal and so on. Yes. But where we haven't hit, and I don't know that we're ever going to hit, mm. is the emotional. 
we walk through the shopping centre, there's a pet shop, there's a something oh, in the right. window. Yes. Charles says, Mummy, 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 and this. This is where the problem lies. Absolutely. Those who are willing are going to learn. Yes. Those that are not, not willing are so ignorant that they don't even know and they're not prepared to know. This is where our problem Absolutely. lies. Absolutely. And Carol, I've, I've drummed up on about this buying from pet stores more than enough over my last couple of shows. I hate it because they, those puppies are from puppy mills. You mm. don't know what issues they are. You haven't seen the parents. You don't know where they're coming from. There might be uh, a lot of them have diseases. It is so sad because if you buy a puppy from a pet store, you are promoting puppy farms where these animals are kept in horrendous um, circumstances. But Carol, we also, you know, our, our, we've done a lot on dog training. I wanted to find out from you, what is the difference? I mean, dog training versus cat training. Can you train a cat? Yes, you can. I think what you've got to do is you've got to look at the whole thing. Dog is a pack animal. He's a social animal, right? Pussycat isn't. Pussycat is a loner. Right. Pussycat can get on very well, thank you very much, if you think about the felines. It can rear its young. It can go out and hunt and so on and so forth. doesn't need a human. He's a loner. Mm. So pussycats tend to use... Anything around them is a comfort zone, including the human and the household. It's all he really is, is a comfort zone. So what I'm trying to say is the attitude you would take to teach, for example, a dog something who is a pack animal will be according to pack structure. If we're going to teach a horse something, we use the principles of the herd. If we're going to teach a cat something, we must accept that he is a loner. And we have to go through a different type of motivation. So you've got to know your species. Yes. You can't say suddenly a horse, a dog, a cat. I teach them the same yes. way. It doesn't work. The brains don't work the same way. But now, I mean, a, a cat, I've owned many cats. And I see, and I've also trained my dogs. Very different because a dog sit, stay, off, that kind of thing, where a cat will kind of probably look at you and go, sorry, yeah, yeah, I'll do whatever I want to. Is that true? Or can you train a cat to say, off, and he knows to get off the couch? Or can you do that? Cats are very, very crafty and very, (laughs) very clever and very calculating. (laughs) And what they will do is, if they understand that there's something that you want, because they've learnt by repetition and observation and so on and so forth, right? You know, little fish up in the air, Foot, foot, right, that sort of thing. If it's to the cat's advantage and if he's in the mood, he will bring it up. And if he isn't, he he will turn and he will walk away and he'll stick that tail in the air and that's the end of the story. Gotta love them. What you're dealing with, you're dealing with a feline motivation to get certain things done. But yes, certain boundaries, they will understand. They will understand. Oh yes, like, you know, don't scratch on the couch or that sort yes. of thing. But then, you know, you've obviously taught it. You made it unpleasant for them by putting bubble plastic there or something like that. So the cat's got an association that is unpleasant to do that. So right? it's more, so it's not you saying no that he's going to pick that up. Not okay. necessarily. Not necessarily. No. That's, that's incredible. I mean, I've seen people walking their cats on leads. Oh yes, but they'll happily do it. So they'll do that. Calculating cat. Mm. If it's in his book and it suits him, right? Yes, then he'll do it. He will get on with it. But you can push his parameters a little bit, right? If you were to take more of a feral type cap, you would no longer be happy to go and harness and walk. But your more domestic fancy breeds yes. are much more biddable. So here we're going into, again, breed specifics character specifics and so on and so forth yes okay yes so they are also breed specific characteristics that that come very out. different distinctions very yes. different mm. so i mean no wonder there's no uh, kitty socialization classes <laughs> because they would kind of look at this and go oh, you know um but they're awesome creatures Oh, they are. They're lovely they were trying um kitty kindergartens oh really i'm not sure they took off but you know there are lots of things that you can teach a kitten right i mean for example it is not acceptable for a cat to stick his claws into you when he sits on your lap is it 
well, it's quite painful. Well, exactly. Mm, yeah. But there are ways and ways and ways of getting the cat or any animal. Remember, an animal will always reproduce what was successful. So oh, if an experience okay. produced success in the way well, the pleasure, animal viewed yes, it, yes. behavior will be repeated. Okay. If something happens and an animal tries out this, he tries out that, he gets no success after experimentation, he's going to eliminate that thing from his book, isn't he? Right, right. So in other words, lack of success, right, will extinguish a behavior. Actual success will promote the behavior. So in this there's a reason that an animal can see something is successful. He's not going to repeat it. He's not going to repeat it. But on the other hand, the human doesn't see it that way because he's not thinking. Dog jumps up human, right? What does human do? Says, hey, go away. Mm. Dog says, oh, this is successful. I've got got attention, right? Yes, yes. So meantime, the human has taught the animal a behavior pattern. Yeah. Based on success of the animal, not of the human. Yes, because he's get, he's yeah. not understanding get off, get off. He's it's just getting success got attention. Will be repeated. Right. So it's going to repeat it. Right. I mean, and the ca- a cat would be the same way. Yes, those basic principles. You know, even us humans put it really, really, you know, down. If I meet you and I punch you in the face, right? Yes. I'm not you, going to you, want to you, meet you again. You're not going to want to be around anymore, are you? <laughs> no, sure. No, absolutely. Now, we've got a couple of questions that people have, have sent in. Um, let's start with cat questions. Like uh, Milner Yun says she's got three cats and she'd now like to bring a puppy into her home because she's bought a bigger, bigger property. Is this advisable? And how do you introduce a puppy to three, I mean, she got three, three existing cats? If these cats are adult, their sort of character is very well formed. They should adapt to the things done right. But now if we look at the puppy, we have got to have a puppy that does not come from the fighting breeds. So if I were to get a terrier puppy, when it grows up and it's two and a half years old or whatever it is, that's the time the terrier instinct comes out and it's going to chase it the It wants cat. to chase. Right. Exactly. Right. So the breed selection of the puppy is terribly, terribly important. And then... Cats are always top dogs. So if you bring the puppy into the house, the cats will sit up on the table and that sort of thing and they'll look and they'll assess. And if the puppy just runs up to a cat, what does a cat do? It gives them a hiss and a set of mm-hmm. So the puppy is learning. <laughs> yes, by don't mess with me. Yes. That is not successful to go and annoy pussy ah. cat. So it ceases. So yes, if we bring up a puppy of the right breed with cats, and it's caught very early with the puppy, you'll find that the cats will be top dog, the cats will put the puppy in the place, the puppy will know its parameters, and provided you don't interfere. Okay, so you let if it run its natural course. Okay. But if, if, you go, if you're going to intervene because the cat gave puppy a set of farts, right? Yes, yes. Then what are you going to do? You're going to destroy the puppy's respect for the cat. Okay. 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 That makes sense because then you you punishing the cat almost for doing what's natural. Well, you're encouraging teaching the, puppy the puppy and encouraging the puppy, puppy for inappropriate for inappropriate behavior. behavior. Yeah. And older dogs. I mean, can you bring in an older dog into a home with cats? Not. This becomes difficult mm. because if there are any of the hunting fighting breeds, and they're not used yeah. to cats, exactly, then that might be um, tricky. You know, this is the thing. You you really don't want your cat to be hamburger pate. It's no, not fair. No. But, no. you know, perhaps if you were to bring in something like an older Pekingese. Yes. In other words, again, it's research and so on and so forth. But you certainly, certainly wouldn't bring in a, a two-year-old Jack Russell with instincts you know, to big, chase. Big yes. terrier, um, yes. you know, Staffy. No, no, sure. Exactly. Sure. I mean, it's not fair on your cats. But I love that you say, I mean, I, it's very dear to my heart how many old dogs or older dogs mm. are sitting in shelters just, and they are the most, they generally, as you say, they're calmer, um, and they, they're healthy and fit. I, I wish more people would actually take home an older mm. dog. Well, there's an answer for your lady with the cats. If she was to get 
a middle-aged dog, provided yes. she knows it's been exposed it's to been cats. It's been exposed to cats. That is your Very bottom important. line. Okay. All right. Then I've got Kone Badenhorst. He says, I have two cats and a German shepherd. The problem is... Uh, I also take care of birds in my area, and I feed them and make sure they got water. However, my cats chase them and have now killed two doves. Can I stop my cat chasing the birds in my garden? Yes, you can stop feeding the birds. That's the only. Is hope. that the only way? Look, it's natural. Sure, the cat well, is a the hunter. Cat is a hunter. He's a loner. He's a hunter, right? It doesn't matter how f- much food you put down a cat. That hunting instinct. Is there? He's satisfying the hunting instinct, not the food instinct. It's the hunting yes. instinct, right? So you go to deprive your cat from being a cat. Sure, that's true. No, so don't no. feed the birds. Don't encourage them. Absolutely, or okay. don't have a cat. Make up your mind. Yes, <laughs> sure. Um, Numfundu says, "I've got a cat and a dog at home, and I, I love them both very much. They love each other too, but sometimes my dog will chase my cat if she runs, and I'm worried he will hurt her." Again, she doesn't say what breed the dog no, look, is. Basically, we'd need more information about ages. This thing could escalate into some sort of disaster. But on the other hand, with a little bit of tuning, it might be perfectly all right. The most important thing, and again, our lady who's thinking about getting the puppy in with the cats, is a dog must have a bomb-proof recall. So he sees cat. Cat starts to walk gently across the floor. Mm. So that chase instinct is triggered. But if the dog knows, I say, come, come to mummy, get a tip, but right. Yes. Dog sees cat. Dog says, aha, let's go and get a nice treat, right? Oh. Okay. But also cats are very smart. They get very, very wise. So you're enforcing another behavior as and opposed you are to preventing off the in the chase. Starting. Yes. And cats get very, very clever. You know, if cats have got what I call escape ways, they can get onto shelves or bookcases or get up or outside the house. Um, you've got shelves against the wall or ladders or something. Mm. You've got these aerial escapeways. Some dogs will chase. They'll cease when it's not successful. Yes. So in other words, if the cat can jump up can onto get the table, up onto a look, look down shelf. at the dog, give it a set of fires and say, yes. oh, you stupid dog, yes. right? right, right. Okay. But again... We'd have to know whether that chasing there is with intent, right? Well, sometimes it's, I mean, my pit bull, I'm surrounded by neighbors with loads of cats and they venture into my garden. Bull terrier doesn't care and they weren't, you know, she just looks. Pitbull will chase, especially mm. if they run. He chases. But I've seen he's not chasing them to viciously mutilate and kill them. No, he's sending them off the territory. Hey, I want to send you off my yeah. territory, and this and, is a fun thing. And it's a good thing. game. Exactly. But the cats get away. Mm. They actually, as you say, they jump up trees, they get over walls. I sit there with my heart in my throat going, oh, you know, this is. But they, they seem to escape. They're very clever. They're mm. very, very wily. And then he sits there all confused. So what, what happened to that now? But, okay, now Tandy Marina says she would, I don't know if this falls under your field of, but she's saying I'd love to get a cat, but my husband is allergic to them. Is there a breed that won't give him allergies? I don't know if that's something that you could answer. I think what you should do is you go to, um, the cat organizations, right? Um, the fancy breeders. There are a couple of cats who don't really shed that amount, okay. right? Um, and I think this is where she can go and get the go information. Yes. I know we're also bringing out a breed directory for cats in April called All About Cats Annual. Good. We'll have a directory in the mm. back there because there are some breeds, mm. some that you'd be surprised uh, mm. about. I mean, even this, this Sphinx, which is largely exactly. exactly. I, I believe it's not the fur. It's the... Particles. Uh, the particles mm. that, and even a hairless cat, but mm. there are some. So, yes, Tandy, have a look in April. Uh, we'll yes. have a, a and cat it also depends out. on his allergy, right? Right. Whether it is a natural hair allergy, this, that, and the other, and so on. You know, we, an allergy, an allergy. Well, yes. Do we necessarily know enough about it? Sure. I mean, I used to be horribly allergic to cats, lived with one for a while, and the allergy stopped. So I think you, your body adjusts to. Then we've got Chelsea. This this was so funny. She says her cat, Chelsea Scott, says her cat is a thief. 
He goes out at night and brings back all kinds of things from socks to even a cell phone cover. I don't even know who these things belong to, but I assume it's from neighbors. She also steals food out of her kitchen cupboard and especially loves to steal chocolate. How can I stop my furry criminal? Is this something that cats do? They go out and steal things? Well, what are we saying earlier on? We were talking about success, right? Yes. The hunting instinct, right, is very strong, not necessarily for food. Also, animals can get bored, so off they go and they go and do something. But I want to say something very, very clear here. We live in high-density areas now. Cat is basically nocturnal, but cat should not be out at night. It is unfair because what happens is your cat's out, three blocks down, another cat's out. The walkways that they walk along, because cats have like sort of walkaways as mm. opposed to actual territories. Yes. What do they do? They meet, they punch up, this, that, and the oh, other. They do. Because yeah. we have taken cat and tried to domesticate him as far as man ever will, this cat now must be kept in at night. It is not fair on the cats. It's not fair in high density living. So make sure you serve your cat dinner late in the afternoon, get him home, you shut him in. You shut end, him in. End story. So that would in any case will sort out all the problems yes. about bringing these. And that, ma- that makes sense, Carol, because I'm sure most people have heard these horrendous cat fights Absolutely. going on every night. Absolutely, and it causes friction amongst the humans. Mm, yes, uh, the body does. corpse get their knickers in a knot, and then people want to throw <clears throat> this cat out and that cat out. It's simply because humans are not being responsible. You brought that domestic, now cat, in. He must be in at night. He can't go outside causing mayhem to the neighbours, the other cats, this, that, and the and other. And he's at risk himself. Well, absolutely. From being run and over, unfortunately, being taken cats, out by another dog. Yeah. You know, when cats fight and that sort of thing, those short little teeth, they get these septic wounds and these big abscesses blow out of them. They're mm, incredibly mm. painful. So you now, say rather feed them late? Yeah, make off, sure your cat evening? wants to come in. Oh, right? Right. And he's in for the evening. Yes. And as far as thieving at home, that sort of thing. Well, they must find some toys and entertainment. So is that hunting? A... Her cat being what she calls yes. a thief, that is hunting. It's going out in in the night, of having course. a look, finding a sock or whatever. It's of hunting course. that sock. Because it's, a, it's a misplaced type. A misplaced. So it's not hunting a bird or a... Okay. Well, and it's not hunting for dinner. It's, it's getting rid of that hunting Frustration well, that, instinct. Yes, and that actually answer actually answers what Lauren Alana. The next question was: She says, "My neighbor's cat keeps coming into our garden and my home and bullying my own cat. How can I stop this? Can you well, stop you see, that? There, Especially there, if you're in a cluster complex or something like you see, that. See, there you are. There is a problem. Absolutely. The trouble is, unless cats in high density living are controlled. If visiting cats come in, they are infringing on the territory of the home cat. This causes tremendous yes. stress. The next thing you know, you'll have inappropriate illumination, you'll have spray, because you'll your have cat's all sorts stressed of things. Now. Your cat is saying, I don't like this, I'm not comfortable with it. So there's only one thing to do, you've got to prevent that cat from coming in. Often speaking to the owners just doesn't help in the slightest. Because how do you stop a cat well, from the thing. You, you, jumping the only, a wall? The only thing you can do is you've got to make deterrence. You stand there with a hose pipe. Every time you see its face, you squirt it. Oh, really? You, you, the only way to stop so that negative cat coming association. in yes. is that they won't have success. That cat is having success by coming in and getting onto that territory. So you've got to break the success Cycle okay. somehow or the other. Yes. Now, with this, we leave it up to human intelligence. We're not stupid. I sincerely hope that they could think of all sorts of things. Right? They could put um, angled fence on the top of um, ordinary fence. Like anything that you can think up. Yes, I've even but heard of people putting um, a bells, something that makes a loud noise if the cat jumps over. Tinfoil, all these sort of things. A lot of them, unfortunately, only last so long. Yes. Then the animal comes conditioned to it. Tinfoil deter cat? For so long. Then they become What deterred. is it? The, the noise, the sound it's the of... the noise and... Oh, really? But, you know, it's like bubble plastic. You can put sure. bubble plastic over the wall. But you will get a conditioning to anything that you do. Yes. 
So yes. if everybody were to take responsibility for their pussy cats, her problem wouldn't arise. Yes. But now she must keep that cat out as far as possible because otherwise her own cat will start developing yes. stress-related problems. No, sure. And, and we don't want that. Nope. And we also don't want a neighborhood fight because, yeah, this is what happens and it can turn ugly. It can turn very ugly. I've heard and of very poisoning. very expensive. Yeah, I've heard of neighbors poisoning each other's pets and, and all that kind of horrible stuff. So do it in a nice way, but deter the cat from coming into your property. Moving on to a few dog questions before we run out of time today. We've got a question here from Cindy Mundo. She says, we have a male Yorkie for many years who was always a roamer. We could never keep him in and he roamed the neighborhood and came home each day. We recently added a male Shih Tzu to the household. All he ever wants to do is play with the Yorkie, but he doesn't want to know. I'm not sure what she's meaning here. Uh, let me get to her question. Um, I think she's basically saying, I've never seen or heard of a dog disowning his home and family when a new puppy is introduced. So obviously the, 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 the old one is its nose out of joint. Uh, any ideas? Uh, she's saying yeah, he would only come home every couple of days and has a new collar. So someone is looking after him. See, I, I would, I'm not a behaviorist, but there's got to be a way that you okay. can prevent your you, you dog getting out. You don't have to be a behaviorist, mm. right? This is just plain irresponsible ownership. If your dog can get out, it is your fault. Of course dogs would want to go out. That's extended territory. There's a world to investigate and so on. But it is not fair. It is not right. That dog is in danger. That dog could do harm. If it's your dog, it stays on your property. Mm. End of story. And don't say you can't fix it. If you can't fix it, you don't deserve to have a dog. Let alone get in another one. Sorry. Yeah. No, no, and there's, there's many cases, especially over this festive season, of dogs getting out. Look, it does happen occasionally by mistake. I mean, I'm pedantic, and mine got out one day when, when the gardener came in. But by and large, you can keep well, the dog in Well, this one has been going in and out, in and out. Mm. They say so. Yeah, no, you definitely can. Okay, then I've got Sandra Milan saying, I've got two rescued pit bulls, male and a female, 10 and 11, but I would like to bring in a small dog to complete our family. Is this possible, and how can I go about introducing them? Is there any risk as my older dogs are not socialized? I would certainly say this is very, very debatable. Um, I certainly wouldn't. We don't know more. We don't know if they're dog aggressive. We don't know anything mm. like that. But one's got to work on the assumption that they are the breed they are, right? Therefore, they could be very intolerant. What I would be inclined to do is possibly bring in an older dog. Oh, okay. Okay. But that would have to be very well married because those other two dogs are bonded. We've got one dog, one bitch. So we're now in an invidious position. That if we bought another, which sex would we bring right, in? Right, yes. So you've got a problem there already. Now, my feeling is very much with that breed in particular, I would say her oldies, right, have been loyal and so on. Why stress them out with another dog? Yes, Forget that makes about sense. It. Give them their time, their love, their calmness that they deserve for the rest of their life. Mm. And then when something happens to one or the other, perhaps you've got to decide and get something of the opposite sex. Yes. But I, d I don't think it's fair on the fair oldies. Fair on the oldies, right. Okay, then I've got Johan Conradi. He's saying, my neutered male golden retriever runs along our wall barking at our next-door neighbor's dachshund whenever he's outside. Are they just talking to each other or should I stop it? If so, how? Okay, what they're doing is quite simple. All territory has boundaries, right? In the wild, your boundaries are scent marked and so on. Now we come into human world. What are our boundaries? There are walls, fences, walls. or the other. Mm. So what is a dog going to do? He is going to protect his boundary. It doesn't mean he's going to kill Ford anything, but he will patrol his boundary. So if anything comes up on the other side of the boundary, it is threatening his boundary, isn't it? Okay. Okay. So he's so defending he, his property. Well, he's just saying, not don't, just don't, just don't cross my boundary. And the Daxi's saying the same thing. 
doctor. And they're going to say it all day. Yes. And then they're <laughs> going to find the joy of fence running and the, that sort of thing, which is awful. You know, the whole thing about that is very difficult to stop because sometimes you've just got to make it impossible for the dog to fence run. So you'd have to double fence or put things in at right angles or that sort of thing. Yes. But the point is when they learn to fence run like that, there is a danger. Noses can get stuck through. Mm. They can get bitten, this sort of or thing. Or maybe one day also, one of them jumps over. The other thing is they are bored out of their skull. They've got okay. nothing better to do than fence run. Yes. So if you had nice long walkies and the dogs were tired, came home, lay down under a tree asleep, you wouldn't fence He's not running going to do that. Yes, a tired dog is a happy dog, they say. <laughs> <laughs> they say. Um, then I have this one. Um, uh, where is it now? Yes, I work all, this is from Julia Bell. I work all day and leave my pug home alone. She's very well behaved, but I do feel sorry for her. Is there any harm done to leave her alone all day, or should I look for a daycare facility or get another dog to keep her company? Now that's interesting. I did an article, um, this week on, on, uh, puppy or dog creches, mm. which they seem mm. to be opening all over the country. Mm. Now, it's a big mm. thing. Mm. And it was so sweet because these doggies go in there. They have a morning breakfast. They have playtime. They have fetch time. They then have nap time, um, a group playtime. Mm. Mm. I mean, this is so cute. I mean, it's the same as a human daycare. It's so is that better than having a dog at home all you, day? You is it leave harmful? a member? We were talking about social animals. Mm. Dog is a social animal. You cannot have a puppy of all things home alone. It's getting no input. No, it's absolutely just not on. And to get it another mate would only be, instead of double trouble, be yes. quadruple trouble. Oh, that's okay. absolutely out of the question. If you are in that position and you've got yourself there. You should have never been there in the first place. But if you have got yourself there, then a crash is the only thing to do. Yes. yes. And what's more, it will help um, the puppy's environmental and social skills and all that sort of thing. But puppies should never, ever, ever be alone. All be day. alone. And there's many creches around. The, the, the people I was speaking to is Canine Creche. They're in Johannesburg, of course. But go and have a look if you're listening to their website, www.caninecreche.co.za, because you'll see uh, what these people do and how they interact with your dog. Some of them provide training, their socialization. You, when you come the end of the day to pick up your dog it's happy it's it's, it's had tired. its stimulation it's tired it's ready for a cuddle at home it's ready for a cuddle and a, and a nap at home okay how are we doing for time we should be able to take one more i am known as a crazy dog lady this is ilza larue and i currently own nine rescue dogs who all get along with each other how many dogs is too many <laughs> i suppose it's how many you can cope with right that's a very easy question to mm. answer. It doesn't depend on what us humans think. It depends on what the pack thinks. She has an iron. Obviously, she has a stabilized pack. Now, if you bring in another one, they may accept it. They may not, right? Okay. If you've got a happy unit, don't rock the boat. Leave it alone. Yes. You know, some people have got two or three dogs or two or three cats or something like that. Stable unit, lovely. Then we get this, oh, I think I'd like another pussycat or something. Let's <laughs> yes, bring it in. Yes. The whole and of the colony the whole, or whatever yes. is upset. And it wasn't fair on you existing. If she's got nine dogs which get on together, wonderful lady, please let them enjoy themselves. Do not Leave inflict it an outsider on them. And I think maybe because I actually enjoyed this one because it actually was quite an interesting, this last question. Um, Shona Blake, um, we're nearly running out of it, but we'll get there. She says, my staffie's at home with me all day as I work from home. Very well behaved, gentle and quiet dog. However, at night she changes and she will bark at the slightest movement my family makes, will rush out of her bed to nip us on the ankles, and she will also suddenly, with no warning, dash out of her bed and attack my other staffie. What's happening here? This one is not one we can answer. 
in a couple of minutes. It really isn't. This is quite involved, and I suggest that she does the most important thing. She calls a good behaviourist in because there, there are so many factors going on here. Right. It's not a simple answer. So something's just triggering this reaction. Well, at there night, are, there's but not a whole the compound of fa- uh, factors involved in this particular thing. Okay. Um, it's not a sort of one thing fix all. It, it's it's very interlinked. It's very interlinked. Mm. Carol, thank you. I think that's all we we have time for today. I'm sure we've answered lots and lots of questions. All the time's gone. Um, it goes so fast. I mean, you such. I'm trying to convince Gareth to give me more than one hour a week. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but thank you very, very much. And we will definitely have you on again. And when we do, I'll post on my Canine Zone Facebook page and people can send in again. Sometimes, you know, the answer might not be what you want to hear. Um, but at the end of the day, you are, you've been there. You've done that for 50 years. So yep. thank you the very much. The answers are always mm. for the benefit of the animals and not the humans. For the benefit of the, the animal first. Absolutely. So thank you for having me. No, thank you, Carol. And then just to end, there was a, a wonderful pet drive that's happening. Uh, just very quickly, this is the I Love Pet Drive. These are biker guys. These are biker dudes who love animals. They're getting together. They're getting on their motorbikes. These volunteers, there's 10 of them. They are riding from the 10th to the 17th of April from Johannesburg. Petra Tiff, then St. Lucia, then Hebedeen, collecting food and money for sterilizations for two different uh, NPOs to help with these pets to uh, for food, again, as I say, to help with sterilization. And then they're heading back again on a return trip. Last year, they raised 60,000 rand for sterilizations and 1.2 tons of cat and dog food. That was for Lucky Lucy and Pets in the Western Cape. Their goal this year is to raise 75,000 and 1.5 tons of food. Please get involved in this. You can donate. You can also get the cars that are driving in the convoy uh, branded if you are a company. Contact nix at fnb.co.za for more information or look for Biker Pet Drive on Facebook. And I think that's all we have time for this week. It's been great being with you. And next week we're going to talk about reptiles. We're going to have Anna Nadir in. He's going to bring some reptiles, which should scare the bejimas out of most of the people in the studio. And, um, yeah, again, remember to get out there, buy Canine Zone magazine. We've got all this information in from our behaviorists um, that will tell you how to look after your pets properly. Thanks for being with me. And we're going to plot with Taylor Swift. Let's shake it off. Clipcentral.com. I see out too late.